What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, no matter how you shop, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I want winners. I want people that want to win. So Big Mike Singletary wanted some winners, and the Niners did just that today in Carolina. Though I would say, I don't know, the first, I guess the the first half, uh, uh, you just wanted to see them pull away. It's very clear the 49ers were the much more talented, better coached team. And yet the Panthers were hanging in there and I was just frustrated going like, man, I wanted them to boat race these guys so we can rest some of these big time players we have because we have all these injuries. And unfortunately, we couldn't. And that did bite us a little bit uh, near the end. We're going to have to see. We'll talk about the injuries first, but overall, Rod, just quick thoughts on uh, on the three hours of football that we just saw. I I've been watching so much football that it didn't surprise me that um it wasn't the boat race that we all kind of hoped it would be it just seems like even these bad teams like caroline their defense is fine yeah it, 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 it's 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 fine and even before the big injury we're going to talk about with nick they did a a, a serviceable job keeping us from pressuring i mean we pressured them but you know there weren't any big sacks or anything it could you know you look at you look at the stats at the end and you know it seemed like baker was under siege but watching the game it just didn't it didn't feel that way yeah um so it was it was a solid win there was a lot to be happy about um a few things to uh, that are a concern, yeah. but um, overall, good win. 
<clears throat> want to say what's up to our guy Shelvin who's checking in. Uh, Shelvin, always the star of our uh, chats, our live game chats in our Facebook group. So I'm just I'm going to start with this because you know they they at the by the end of the game you know 37 to 15 I believe is what the the last score was. So we did get the boat race, but it, it you know it took until the fourth quarter that they just w- worn the Panthers down by then. But the big concern here are the injuries. Jimmy Ward came back. He was healthy his first game back, and he breaks his hand one play into the game, which is very unfortunate. Uh, Nick Bosa, he injured his groin. When it came to Shanahan talking about the injuries, it seemed like he was probably the least worried about that one. He just said tightness more so than anything else. And then Robbie Gould, uh, <laughs> they, I guess you don't teach kickers how to tackle because all he had to do really was just <laughs> fall down to, to make two tackles. And he decided to go like straight up, standing straight up and allowing the, the, the kick return to just run him over both times. I, was, I thought I was like, is this a replay of the same play <laughs> that we just saw? Cause he falls exactly the same, but he can't kick. And so we see, Money making Mitch Wisnowski, uh, he he missed very badly on a longish uh, PAT, and then he another one uh, I think got clipped, and he made that one. But you know we're gonna they're probably gonna have to bring in some kickers. But then the last one, very late in the game, Emmanuel Mosley grabs his knee, and it sounds like the 49ers are worried possibly about an ACL. Shanahan only said that they're gonna have to do the MRI. But for a game in which, you know, the team pretty much dominated the football game, coming out of it with with four big time players for them uh, on on the on possibly on the injured list, it's got to be frustrating. And I know it's I'm frustrated because we still have NFL fields that have artificial turf, because that seems to have been some of the problems with uh, with some of the injuries today on the Panthers side as well. But yeah, this is a this is a big thing, especially so early in the season. Now we were kind of crowing about this earlier in the week when we heard that Ward and Verrett were possibly going to be healthy. Just going like, wow, you know what an embarrassment of riches. You know you have so much talent on defense, but really what it is is it's depth for stuff like this. Exactly, exactly. So as I was saying in our chat when we were talking about you know Verrett, you obviously number one. If he's healthy and he is still, you know, we will have to wait and see what kind of player he is. But it, I, I just my concern, as always, is is us backing ourselves into a situation where we are where he is more than just depth. If we're like last season, after all he's been through, we, you know, managed ourselves into a position where we were counting on him to play you know, seven, eight hundred snaps. And that is, you know, that's not the place you want to be. We are, you know, five games in, you know, so we're in a good spot. So now we're just asking him to be ready for 12 weeks um, at, you know, in a, in a limited role, hopefully, <laughs> you know, yeah. but, you know, depending on what was going on with Mosley, we might be back in a situation where we're counting on Jason Verrett for a bunch of snaps, which, you know, again, when he is healthy and right, he's a, a, a very good player. He just can't 
seem to stay healthy. So that that's the concern there. Obviously, Bosa is a huge concern. All of these guys, all yeah. of those guys that are on our list there are key contributors to, you know, where we want to ultimately end up. You know, so it's it's concerning. And, you know, especially when you add to all the guys that are already, you know, on the injured list. So I think we are fortunate to be sitting where we are atop the division, um, even with all these injuries. But, I mean, how much more attrition can we stand before it starts to show itself on the field? I guess that's the question. Now, I don't know if anybody else did this. But I immediately went to Google and I Googled unsigned kickers. Yep. Who is out there for the 49ers to to find and, and possibly bring in, you know, kicking uh, like I, I, I was like, you know, everyone plays fantasy football. And I'm, I'm like mm-hmm. looking at the kickers and I'm like, oh, Chase McLaughlin, he's mm-hmm. actually on a team like we had mm-hmm. him when he was kicking balls into mm-hmm. the tunnel. Um, Bagley but, and Blankenship were the two <laughs> names that jumped off the page at me. Okay. Okay. So I, I imagine that's going to happen. I, who knows about Robbie Gold? You know, Robbie Gold is, is on the older side. He's not one of these young kickers, uh, as you could tell by, by the tackling technique there. But, <laughs> um, you know, I think that's, you know, when you, when you look, when you look at how football is today, where we've mentioned this before, where, you know, all these games, they're they're coming down to the last quarter and, you know, teams are within a touchdown of each other. A field goal, you know, could mean the difference between, you know, a playoff position, right? And so I think this is a, a pretty big thing that we need to figure out. And hopefully it's just that, you know, Gould is, is going to be fine. And if he misses a, a week, oh, well, probably not the worst week to, to miss against Atlanta, but you know, Atlanta can actually do some things that if you're what if you if, if Atlanta watches the game today, you know, what what can they take away is like, oh, like I think we take our shots at running up the middle because that's where the Niners are uh, you know, are a little softer than they are everywhere else on defense with the with their two with their two guys missing. But we'll, you know, we'll see if Kinlaw is gonna be back. I don't know about Armstead. Uh, they they talked about maybe putting Armstead on the IR so that they could give him, you know, a month to kind of get healthy. Kinlaw, as we know, he's just not been right since the the knee surgery. And if you're, if you are looking to attack, that seems to be the place to attack. And I thought Carolina actually did a pretty good job in the beginning of this game, attacking the middle. And then they kind of abandoned it. I don't know exactly why Baker Mayfield they they had him throw the ball way more than than I would have had him throw the ball, especially early on, because you know this dude's double clutching on, on every throw. And we'll, we'll actually, it's a big point for me for this game uh, to talk about him in a second. But you know, I don't know that that the only real softness right now in that defense seems to be up the middle. So there's stuff there, and if you, if Atlanta can play a close game with the 49ers, and then it comes down to you know, a field goal here and there, I could see that being a problem. And I think, you know, in the back of your mind, you would hope that the 49ers are, are a better team than Atlanta, but Atlanta at two and three, you know, they're only uh, minus four net points. So they're hanging in these games. And, and they're frisky. They yeah. they are, they you know, in the game, even in the games they've lost, they've been down big and they fought back. Um, 
you know, even today, you know, they were down like 21 nothing or whatever, and they, you know, ended up making it, you know, a one-score game again. So, um, yeah, you know, and it's on the road, and we're injured. So, I mean, I don't think we are – we're we're our defense, you know, barring injury – is I believe the best in the league. Yeah. But again, we're not at a place where we can take anybody for granted. I don't right. think. Yeah. And, and it's because the offense, well, I think today we saw some things that I wasn't really expecting. It's still so inconsistent. Um, like, like today, the, 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 you know, Carolina was predictably blitzing on third down. And for whatever reason, they, they were just coming in untouched. And I was like, okay, like we know they're blitzing on third down. What's going on here? But, um, you know, if the, if the offense plays a B plus game, I think, I think that is going to be fine. in in most of these games against these teams who are, you know, probably closer to average than above average. Um, but I don't know. We, we I, we'll talk about this in a second. Cause I also thought we abandoned the run way too early in this game, considering, I think they're averaging like seven yards a carry or something like that. So uh, also shout out to uh, our guy, Rick, uh, Rick Feinberg, who wasn't able to watch the game today because Rick lives in, uh, in Texas. And so uh, I'm sure he got to see uh, that Cowboys Rams game is is what he was on his television. He saw the Cowboys go into SoFi. And from what I saw, some of the tweets, they said that, the Rams had to go on a silent count because it was so loud for the Cowboys, which is uh, unfortunate if you are a Rams player there at, at your home, your home park. Uh, so yeah, ultimately I think we just have to kind of wait and see with what happens. I don't, what do you think about Ward? Like sometimes they just kind of put a club on these guys on, on the hand, but you know, you're a DB, you got to be able to use both hands and both arms and uh, it's not like he can just sit in the pass rush and 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 hit guys with this cast. Like he's got to ha- he's got to have both hands. So that one's kind of scary as yeah. far as broken hands. What do you th- what is that? Like probably like a six week injury or something. That's yeah. I mean, I guess it would it would you know depend on you know how severe. I mean, if you're talking about just like a fracture or you know or if it's completely broken. So yeah, that that that's worrisome because. You know, we were counting on him. They were talking about, you know, moving him in and playing, you know, playing one of those safeties as a linebacker and kind of, you know, utilizing. It It sounds sounded to me like he was going to be an integral part of things. Yeah. yeah. Even even though he had been injured and, you know, Gibson and Hufanga were playing well, um, they had plans for him. And it's unfortunate that he didn't even make it a whole drive. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great 
talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out of market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Now, let's move on to, to my next topic here. And this is probably going to sound a little bit more negative than I mean it to be. But, you know, we're, we're going to be a little critical uh, on things, uh, even in games where, where they, they're pretty much in control of this entire game. But I'm watching this game, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, we are lucky that Baker Mayfield is, is on this field because once Bosa went down, there was an opportunity for them to stage a little bit of a comeback. But Baker Mayfield, he, he's he got one, you know, we, we talk about Jimmy kind of just being like very quick on, on his one or one, one target or his second guy. Baker was drop. If he didn't see who his first guy was, dump it off to, to Christian McCaffrey. And like, I get why Christian McCaffrey's hurt a lot. Like this guy, when he is on the field, they just find him and he's like the safety valve for every possible play. And they're leaving him in such bad situations where he's got to take a dump off. And you got like Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw reading it, knowing it's going to happen, just bearing down on you. This dude is, he's not going, he's not going to make it the, the, the rest of the season if they continue to play this way. But Mayfield, I thought there were opportunities for him to do something. And man, like I, I thought, you know, Russ, when we played Russ in that Denver game, that was just about the worst Russ that I had ever seen. But I thought Baker was even worse than Russ. Like he oh. he could not make any plays and just the decision making, the opportunities to scramble and being, you know, he's he's kind of like there's opportunities for him to run and then he doesn't want to run. And, and I, I just thought a lot of his decision-making was frustrating. If you're a Carolina Panthers fan, man, you got to be like, what are we doing here with, with this quarterback? Yeah. Um, when you're talking about McCaffrey, uh, the NBA term thought I thought of is his, his usage rate. His usage is, rate. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. Is off the charts. And you know, the, the, the word that comes to mind with Baker is, um, gun shy he just he really just doesn't seem sure of himself um and i don't i don't know it's it's he has always been you know for better or worse you know a lot of people don't like that about him it's it's his swagger is a thing Mm -hmm. and i think it it fueled him that that irrational confidence fueled his game and if he's not sure of himself if he's unsure of himself i don't know that that's the baker mayfield that you want you want the baker that 
feels like he can make every throw and outrun every defensive end, even if it's irrational. Yeah, you yeah. need him playing with that kind of confidence. And if he's if he's shook, I I you know PJ Walker may may be your best bet until Darnold is able to come back and. <laughs> you know, turnover you out of games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know yeah. what? You know what? The the Baker thing. Like he he was not happy coming out of the Cleveland situation. We 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 know that he was very vocal about certain things and how that was handled. And so coming into you know Carolina, like he's he's got a little bit of a target on his back, being so vocal about opportunities and such and. His body language, his, like there was, there was so, so little confidence, like you said, that the the crowd and that now the crowd there were there was a heavy like the 49ers represented yeah. in that crowd, but the crowd every time he the the crowd w- w- was really hard on on two scenarios, whenever Baker had a play and didn't make it, they they let him know. And whenever Matt Rule uh, decided to to play it safe down, you know, lo- losing, they they let him know. Like those are, you could tell those are not the two most popular people in that building uh, in, in today's game. And you know, I just watch Baker and just think, like, man, now now this stuff is is not easy, obviously, or else we'd have tons of uh, of QBs who are you know all a hundred quarterback rating and all this stuff, but. You know, there is that you have your 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 really good players, then you kind of have the middle, and then there's everybody else. The quarterback play in the league this year has been very up and down. Yeah. Like I don't know if that's the defensive defenses being ahead of the offenses early or this early. And and maybe, you know, by midseason that may change. But you know, they're the 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 quarterback play and, and I'm watching Baker and I go, okay. I'm the, in this scenario, I'm very thankful for Jimmy because at least Jimmy knows like, like he, he, he knows that he is not going to be able to do certain things. And so he kind of stays in his lane. Now, sometimes because of that, also he will, you know, make the Jimmy throws, but I, I think there were only maybe two Jimmy throws that I counted today where I was like, Oh no, here we go. And so yeah. he even had that to a minimum and they were attacking the middle of the field. So, you know, we, we were hard on Jimmy, but at the same time, it's like, okay, he's way better than Baker Mayfield. So I get it. And, and I, and I see the difference. Yeah. Jimmy, he had one turnover where he throw that I counted, but then he had, you know, he had three big time throws. Yeah. You know, so if you can get that from Jimmy, that for me, that has always been my criticism of him is that if you play the way he plays, you have to be able to mix in some big plays because, you know, the variance is if he's going to be mid to bad, you got to have some big time plays to kind of offset that otherwise you know mid to bad ends up as below average you know you can be average if you throw like today was you know 
I, I, I'm to the point now where Jimmy's never going to be like a statistical darling in terms right. of 300 yards passing, four touchdowns. That's just not what we do, and that's not what he does. But today, if he could, if he could replicate this week to week, I would have no problem. I'm again, I'm not saying if he could replicate this week to week that I'm, you know, down for like a three year extension <laughs> or anything. You, you know, get the jersey. You're gonna wear your Jimmy jersey on the podcast. Nah. <laughs> but, but this is fine. He he was good. He was good today. He was he's been good the last two weeks. So hey, there. The people that say I'm a Jimmy hater, both two weeks in a row, I'm giving him his props. Yeah. He has been he's been good. More than just fine. Fine is my thing. Jimmy's fine. Yeah. You know, he was good. Yeah. He, he he was good. Like you said, I was a bit concerned with our lack of running the ball, I mean, mm-hmm. and not just because I had over 29 and a half carries, <laughs> <laughs> but, but we were, we were really effective. We ended up at like, you know, 5.8 per carry, but yeah. there was a time there. We were like at seven plus, yeah. you know, so we were, we were really running the ball well. And then all of a sudden we went away from it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, um, the, they got to twenty nine, so you just missed. Uh, you just yeah. missed on it. They got to twenty nine. Uh, yeah, you know the I, the two Jimmy throws I counted were the first two throws to Debo, which I thought one of them was a dropped pick, mm-hmm. and Jimmy seems to have uh, one of those a game these days. The other one was it, it it was off to the point of where it could have got. I think Debo got a hand on it, and and it could have yeah, gotten it was behind him. Got picked, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, there were, I think there was another one where something was killed, but that might've been tipped. Not now they think about it. So other than those, like Jimmy makes a throw to, uh, to my guy, uh, uh, Tevin Coleman. And it's, it's the blitz is coming. They got one-on-one with Coleman and he throws it pretty much to where only Coleman can catch it or they're going to get pushed out of bounds. So I thought that was strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, you know, and then you go on Twitter. and It's so funny because you have the people who are on Twitter saying, oh, great throw right, Jimmy. And then you have the other people on Twitter going like, ah, oh, that was a, you know, that was just throwing that up for grabs. And I, th- I think that's funny just because there's such a, a, a bipolar mm-hmm. thing with 49er fans and, and Jimmy Garoppolo. I thought that I thought it was a good throw. I thought it was a good play. That was a good idea. He knew where, where his one option was, what the play was. And I think Shanahan said, you know, they, they wanted to send Coleman deep, at least on a go once in, in the game. So that worked out, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I, when I see quarterbacks uh, like Baker, I go, okay, it it makes me feel better about Jimmy because, like you said, if Jimmy can play like he did these last two games w- with the way that the defense plays, we're going to be in. We're going to be in all of these games. And so, uh, kudos to to him for for playing because you know the the flip side is is like, yeah, Baker Mayfield, you don't have that same confidence with that guy. And you look, I mean, okay, we're this is week five, and so. You know, we're next week is, you know, a third of the way through the season. Yeah. And um, you look around the NFC, man, Philly, you got Philly who's undefeated and they look good. They look like they're a good team. Yes. Um, 
But after that, it's like us and the Packers, and the Packers did not look good today. <laughs> they that was that was very that was eye opening what the Giants did to them. So you know, you look up, we are the second best team in the NFC. Not um, not you're not you're not giving any uh, credit to Cooper Rush and 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 the mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys. The, the only de- reason. The only reason I bring it up is because of their defense. Because if you look at the the uh, points against, they are second in the NFC to the 49ers. Their defense is legit. You know, Micah Parsons is, you know, he's that dude. Um, but I I just I just think they can be had. I think yeah. we I think I think they we match up well with them. 100 um, Because their offense, and you know. Kudos to Cooper Rush. Um, he has done what they've asked him to do. He's managed the game well, but I, I, I think defensively, you know what they've been able to do offensively. It, but to your point, you made earlier, they have been kind of just lining up and running Pollard and Elliott at guys. So I mean, if they could find something there, but their offensive line has been kind of suspect you know that seems like a, a um a common refrain all around the league you know just about everybody very few teams you know are counting their offensive line as a strength you know either their tackles are bad or their interior is bad or all of them are bad so yeah. that's just a common refrain but i think we match up well first so the Cowboys are in the mix for sure. I don't mean to give them short shrift, but I think as good as their defense is, ours is better. And I like our skill players better than I like theirs. I was very happy that, you know, that was a thing that, you know, I was kind of pounding the table for on Facebook this week was getting Kittle more involved. And yeah. they did that. They, they did, did right that from, from the first play. Yeah, they did that today, and I, it's needed. You know, we can't we we don't want to fall into the trap that the Rams have fallen into, or like Carolina has fallen into, where you know it's just throw it to Debo, you know, whenever we need to make a play. I mean, he he's that dude, but we've got other guys who can make plays, so we need to, you know, get IU going. We need to. You, get you could him. you could argue. That Ayuk has actually been playing better than Debo in the first five games. He at least more consistently. Debo's had few drops, but some of it is like you said. Jimmy seems to to go in his direction when all else fails, and so there's sometimes like that screen today, uh, kind of leaving him hanging. I was I'm just happy that Debo gets out of that game with what looked to be a Charlie horse. I think he was shaking yeah. his arm out. But uh, yeah, yeah so did- but I can I mean. He is so explosive when he gets the ball in his hands. I could, you know, if I was Jimmy, I would probably, you know, when in doubt, try to get it to Debo as oh, many yeah. times as possible, too. You know, but we do have other guys. You know, Kittle is just as explosive after the catch, and Ayuk is, you know, well, okay, maybe not just as explosive after If he catches that, it in that's stride. Hy- that's hyperbole. Yeah, if he catches it in stride, is, it's, no. Yeah. yeah, nobody's as good as Debo, but... He is he, he is talented as well yeah. 
after the catch. What about uh, JJ? JJ made two big catches where he was uh, making guys miss, carrying guys. Big boy. It's <laughs> almost like, yeah, it's almost like, you know, you, you only have so many footballs to, to go around, but in a different offense, he would be kind of like the safety valve for some for some QBs just because oh, he's absolutely. so big and he's so long. Um, but uh, but yeah, so you know they they have the pieces and uh, it's he's just an excellent fourth option. I oh mean, my gosh, golly! Oh my gosh, yeah. And then you know we we were thinking about who's going to be the third down back this year. Is it going to be Hasty? And then they cut him, and then it looked like it was going to be. Um, uh, who was coming in after after Mitchell? Uh, I forget. So, some of the all the guys are injured now. But anyway, like we may have found that guy with Coleman. Like Coleman, you know, when everyone gets healthy, I kind of wonder how do you, you know, what do you do with him? Because if it's uh, Mason, who seems to be now maybe like the fourth guy, like well, actually he's the third guy because Marlon Mack was on the was not on the active uh, active game roster. But like when Mitchell comes back, when Davis Price comes back, can you get rid of Coleman knowing that he can run to the outside and that he is the guy who you can throw to on third down? Like it seems like that's kind of what they were missing with their running backs. But I wonder who's going to get squeezed out there when all those guys are healthy. He was on the street. So I would think that they, you know, unless he just continues to show out, and you know, but there's so many injuries yeah. that you you may be right that he we can't just continue to stash him on the practice squad. That you know that some other team comes a calling if you know he's the odd man out and he is put back on the practice squad. Somebody might just sign him off there to be you know on their roster. But he looked really good, and hell, um. Wilson looked good today. Wilson was awesome. He was oh balling, God. you know. So, yeah, that's a good problem to have. You know, it's a good problem, you know, when Mitchell comes back, um, they seem to, you know, clearly um, Ty Davis Price is a talented dude. Um, they like Mason. You know, so this it's a, it's a good problem to have if we could just simply get, you know, Mac has was a was a pro bowler. So yeah. I mean, he hasn't, you know, ever since he had the that injury, he hasn't really played to that level. But still, you know, this is a good problem to have if we could ever get these those guys healthy. To answer Rick's question, I believe so. Rick wanted to know how many running backs were active today. So Wilson, uh Mason, Juice Check, and Coleman, I think, were the active and RBs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and and uh and the only one who was inactive was Marlon Mack. I think that's that's how it how it worked mm-hmm. out. Yeah, I tried to I tried to reference uh put a round and round reference in there for, for Kevin <laughs> Coleman. That was that was the first Tevin Campbell hit right there, Quincy yeah. Jones. Uh all right, so let's talk about um I want to talk about the last thing. The last big point I, I want to talk about is just kind of what we're talking about with the offense, because it seemed early on. And I thought, again, I thought Carolina's game plan was right on in the beginning, because what they did is they just stacked that on first down. They were just like, OK, we're going to dare you guys to pass. And so the Niners did. You, we saw more play action today than we've seen all year long. First play. 
was to get Kittle the football. Kittle, I think most of Kittle's catches came in like the first quarter. Um, and they were and they were passing and passing and passing. And and some of this caused the time of possession to, to not be in their favor because they weren't running the ball as much. And I thought. I was like, okay, I get it. I get why we're passing because it's open and and they are daring us to pass. But I still thought there were so many uh, good options to to run the football just to keep that clock going because the special teams kind of screwed up the defense a little bit today where the only the only big plays the Panthers made early in the game were on the kick returns. And so then the defense has got to, you know, their backs are on the, you know, uh, in in the other territory right away. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, these guys are having to to, to play uh, on the other side of the field. Let's run the ball a little bit more so we can give them a little bit of a rest. But nope, they came back out firing. Like the middle of the field was open and they were attacking the middle of the field. But I was kind of interested in what you thought about the decision to go so heavy in the passing game. Because uh, Jimmy has, uh, I think Jimmy had 30 throws today, 8.4 yards uh, average yards per uh, attempt and uh, you know it it works it worked in, in their favor to, to the point where they won he also got sacked a couple times and and he got hit a couple different times one of them he got hit where I was like oh that there's his shoulder Brock Purdy get ready but he he got back up but yeah just your thoughts on sort of the the offensive game plan today well and that is it's interesting you mentioned that because it it seems like we have, you know, a lot of people in our, our fan base have forgotten, you know, that that's a concern. You know, yeah. Jimmy is injury prone. So, I mean, that, that has to be a concern and that the more, you know, he's not a runner. So the more you drop him back, the more you increase, you know, the odds of something, you know, unfortunate happen, unha- happening to him. I... While I would like to see them run more, if they're going to pass, I think the distribution was about right. You know, Debo at nine, Kittle at six, Ayuk at four, um, you know, it, it, and, you know, and Campbell, I mean, yeah, Coleman got three targets. So, I mean, I, I, I saw what Kyle was seeing in terms of what, the Panthers were taking, I mean, we're giving, but it seemed like we were able to, to take what we wanted in the run game as well. So, you know, like you say, like you say, if we, you know, especially once we are, you know, in control, just pound it and let the clock run and try to get out of here. Um, but Jimmy didn't play bad. He didn't make, he didn't make, Kyle looked foolish for throwing the ball. Um, he didn't turn it over, which is a big thing. Like you say, there were a couple of times where it, you know, stunted drives and we didn't, you know, it it hurt us in terms of just controlling the clock. Yeah. And, you know, giving Carolina more opportunities. But again, if you're leaning on our defense, I, you know, I, I guess, you know, that's, that's fine. But I, moving forward, especially after this game, you know, we, after the Falcons next week, we kind of move into like what I believe is the toughest 
stretch of our schedule, it's, you know, against teams who have, you know, more potent offenses and turnover um, hungry defenses. I, I think it's you're, you know, you're circling that uh, Sunday game against Kansas City. I know that's that's one of them. That you're absolutely. Circling. And then the Chargers as well. Um, it, <laughs> Jimmy, again, dropping back and getting hit concerns me. Jimmy and his, you know, kind of errant throws against, you know, better secondaries concerns me. Um, so the more we can run the ball, and it just seems like our offensive line is much more comfortable when they're firing off and hitting people than they are dropping back in pass protection. Yeah, Jalen J- Jalen Moore looked a little bit like, uh, should we be running the ball a little bit oh. more? <laughs> oh my goodness! And you know, McKivitz is you know he's so he's on IR, so he's gone for at least four weeks. Yeah. And who knows when Trent is? Um, you know, they say that that injury is a four to six week injury. So, so somebody wrote, uh, maybe in my Mayoko, I don't know, Mayoko or Barrows, those are the guys that I pay attention to. But they said that he was without a walking boot for the game. And he was on the field uh, tossing passes or, or goofing off or whatever. So they thought, you know, may, maybe maybe he will be back sooner than later, like maybe on the earlier end than, than the later end. But, you know, at the same time, who knows when it comes to that stuff? Because I know uh, Jennifer Lee Chan <laughs> had tweeted, oh, yeah, Nick Bosa is just talking to folks on the sideline. So it doesn't look terrible. And it wasn't terrible, but he didn't come back in the game. So you're mm-hmm. trying to be... You know, you're trying to eyeball from uh, from the booth on whether or not how, how these guys feel or whatever. But and then um, you 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 know we we've had this phenomenon recently of guys getting up and walking off the field, and then it turns out their the ACL is you know completely torn. Yeah. So it's you know I just remember the, I remember Clay Thompson in the NBA Finals trying to <laughs> jumping up and down and running in the tunnel, and I'm like, dude, it's done. Your knee is yeah. done. And then, of course, the the classic one is Kobe trying to play oh on a torn God. Achilles. <laughs> you know, so you you can't that dude shooting free throws to show how tough he is. You you can't trust these guys to to be rational in these circumstances. So, by the way, this is this is a the quickest aside that I will ever make. But there's a doc on Netflix called Redeem Team, and it is about the 2008 Olympic team. Mm-hmm. where uh, they they had lost the gold medal, or they, they actually didn't even have the gold medal game, but they were the bronze-winning team in 2004, which was the first time since the pros had, uh, had, had taken over in the Olympics. And so then 2008, they bring in Coach K, and, and then Kobe decides that he's going to play. And uh, really nice story, nice little love story to Kobe for, for that doc as well. So good doc, good doc to watch. At first, I was like, man, LeBron's in this a lot. And then I saw the credits at the end. Executive producers, Mav Carter, LeBron okay. James, Dwayne so, <laughs> so there you go. There uh, okay, you back to football. Sorry, I had to I had to throw that in. But um, uh, so the thing that I thought, now when I'm watching this game, I'm going like, okay, Kyle is is letting Jimmy rip a little bit. And it's because I thought Kyle was seeing the opportunity uh, to to just make crazy plays uh, in the past game, so that's why I thought he was doing it because he's just seeing things in the middle of the field that are just like you'd be you can't like you can't be an offensive guy and go like 
man, the middle of the field's wide open yet. So we're going to run, we're going to keep running. That's what I thought. So uh, I, I imagine that, um, you know, there was something there for him to want to throw that much because they threw 30 times and they ran 29 times. Uh, one of the, one of those runs was the, the Brock Purdy, uh, kneel down mm-hmm. at the end of the game. And then the other run was, uh, I guess Jimmy got credited for, uh, for a run rather than a sack. So technically 27 rushing attempts versus 30 throws and their ratio in the season is the other way around. They're only like right. one of three teams who are more run heavy than they are pass heavy. So there was something there for Kyle to see. And our guy, Jimmy was taking shots, you yeah. know, you know, 20 yards downfield. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. he took the a shot at Danny Gray oh. Um, whom I thought was just going to be relegated to <laughs> win sprints with Jimmy as quarterback. Yeah. But again, that has always been my criticism of Jimmy is at least take the shots. I mean, obviously we don't want them throwing them in, in places where they are um, fodder for interceptions, but you know, we need, you know, in our offense, you have to have, a deep threat. You you have to, you know you you're not optimizing the offense with the way we are able to run it. If you're if you don't make the defense respect um the deep passing game, you you have to put them in that bind that you know. Okay, if you decide to bring those safeties up to yeah. run support, yeah, you know you're gonna ha- you're gonna pay a price for it in the deep passing game, and so often. Jimmy doesn't even look at it. Um, so it's encouraging to see him at least attempting them. Yeah, no. And and for the most part, like, looked like good decisions. It looked like those guys were open. Um, and, you know, also the receiving core, knowing how talented they are, mm-hmm. it, it is not a bad thing for those guys to feel like, you know, they are um, – you know that 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 there are opportunities for them. You know, exactly. even though Debo did say, or the the announcers quoted Debo as saying, you know, if you don't block, you're not going to get a chance yeah. to catch. Uh, so, well, Rick, so if, if Jimmy, if Jimmy could just clean up the misses, you know, I, you know, I think we can we can go far. So just try to <laughs> stop. Let, throw let let's get my guy Danny Gray uh, on a play action. And and see how far Jimmy could throw it. That's what I want to see. The yeah. throw that he did, you know, he 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 kind of. I don't think he thought there was anything there because there were two DBs there. But I want to see the you know the 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 opportunity to get Danny Gray out there just and let him run. I would love to see that, whether it's the next game or whatever. But I want to see that shot. So Rick asked uh, what the great perceptions or grades of offensive line. Like the PF, the what is it? The PFL scores or is it what is it? The PF, PFL? Pro Football Focus. Sorry, PFF. Mm-hmm. PFL is a is an MMA uh, organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, the PFF grades, uh, we'll have to see those. But m- just from the eyeballing it, uh, it's kind of like how I feel normally, which is when 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 they are are running the ball, the offensive line does really well, and when they have to drop back more often than not, you know, then you can sort of see. Uh, the holes there. Uh, I thought Jimmy also did a pretty good job of kind of uh, both getting rid of the ball timely without, you know, kind of not looking where he's throwing where he, sometimes he will do that, but he had an idea and, and got rid of it. And also, you know, he's not a, 
a guy who's gonna dance out of the pocket, but he can move up. Like he's got he, he if if he's uh he he's good at if he can be good at stepping up, you know he can create opportunities there. And then sometimes he'll he'll take a a little bit of an opportunity to run like he did in the one the touchdown that got called back. I thought that was a a pretty good play, but I, I just sort of felt just by eyeballing it without seeing what some of these other guys who who are grading this stuff looking at, I thought, yeah, running the ball, they look great. And and when they were throwing, it was not as great. Yeah. I mean, that that was my perception as well. Um, both um, Banks had a couple penalties. Um, McClinchy had one. Um, Brendel, I mean, he just, he is just not a very physical guy. I so I'm just assuming that he is the choice because he's smart and can get help, you know, getting the calls and getting everything organized. Because anytime, you know, it just seems like stouter defensive tackles kind of just have their way <laughs> with him. Um, so, I, and so I don't know what's going on. You know, I, I don't think Brunskill got any snaps this week. You know, they were, you know, Burford really struggled last week and um, they were kind of alternating in and out. But I didn't see him in there at all this week um, at either tackle or guard. So that's interesting. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see what the PFF grades say. All right, let's talk about player of the game. Now, for me... I think it comes down to three guys. Um, uh, Mooney Ward, I thought, had an excellent game. There were there were a couple plays where I was like, "Wow, uh, a lesser than corner loses that battle," and because he is as good as he is, you know, unfortunately for Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, he 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 thwarted a couple of plays that I thought were actually really good plays for the offense, but he came out of nowhere. And you know he's got those long arms that come in at the last second, like so, like a, a time. It's like a timing thing, and and uh, you know it, it. So the ball's coming, the ball's coming, then all of a sudden the ball and the arm are there, and so I can yep. imagine that makes it really hard for the receiver. Um, of course, you got Mosley w- with the big play on defense. They the second week in a row they get a pick six into the end zone. You know, you could even say uh, Garoppolo because it's sort of the 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 ball the starts and stops with him. But I I'm gonna go with uh, Jeff Wilson because I thought he made the biggest plays. I thought uh, he was just about as as good as we've ever seen him, and he's had some good games over the years. But man, when you can run for seven yards a pop and he had the touchdown. He had the long 41-yard play. And this is why I was like, can we get this guy like five more carries maybe? Uh, but, you know, that's when that's when they're playing their best ball is when is when they're racking up, you know, these five and six and seven yards a carry. So I, I'm leaning uh, Jeff Wilson for my player of the game. What about you? So I kind of did it offense, defense. Um, for me – um, honorable mention would have been Juwan Jennings. Um, but yes, Jeff Wilson was clearly um, 
my offensive player and probably my player overall. Um, Mooney Ward was for defense was, you know, he had by my count three pass defenses, but he gave up a big time play. He did give up um, one. You had Mosley, who was all over the place with the pick six to touchdown. Um, he had a tackle for loss, but then he also had a penalty. So my guy on defense, I went ahead and went with um, Warner because he, you know, he led the team in tackles. And yeah, he led also... the team in solo tackles. He had seven solo tackles to, uh, I think, the next highest. Like, there's a bunch of guys, a couple of guys with, with four solos. But he, uh, Dreenlaw gets 11, but only four solo. Warner had nine with seven solo. He also had a sack. And then the two tackles for loss too. So yeah, that's a that's a great pick. Yeah. So yeah. So Warner. I mean, yeah. Warner and Wilson were my guys, and I guess for for offense, defense, and then for overall, it would have been Wilson. Yeah. He and, moved and- the chain seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times by my count, which is which is awesome. And and seven- Shelvin has Shelvin has a great point. Because he says, Wilson proved me wrong about being an every down back. Absolutely. Now, now I'm I, I'm not sure. You know, we'll see w- when the Niners play like these really good teams because the one concern with him historically ha- has been fumbling. Um, yeah. I know it was like a th- they mentioned it. It was a thing in college. And, you know, when he carries that ball, that's the first thing kind of in my head is like, you know, I, I, you know, it's that that ball looks like it. Like like the defenses look like they're going after it. Yeah, but he has been such a, a a pleasant surprise. And I know Elijah Mitchell is a different player, and he's a more explosive player. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there hasn't been as big of a drop off uh, as I think people expected when Mitchell went down. And Wilson is just doing his job and he's doing it he's doing it well and today you saw kind of the best version of him and that, exactly that nice but see, see the the key is like you said the best version of himself because to be fair when he came back last year he was not the same player no, no. he did not have the juice that he showed today last season so that yes. was my concern with him being installed as that second back behind Mitchell is that if that guy from last season shows up, that's a problem. But yes. he has shown a burst, and you know, it they someone had mentioned early on in the season that Kyle had even mentioned um a concern about him being an every down back in terms of injury and being able to just hold up to that kind of workload. Not he, you know, you know how Kyle is, he wasn't. It, it was in in terms of saying that we need contributions from everybody. We can't right. expect he you know he wasn't shit talking Jeff Wilson. He was just saying we need everybody else to contribute because we can't expect this guy to carry the load. Um, but he did it today. <laughs> so you know, but Tevin Campbell, I mean, Tevin. I did, I did it. Tevin Coleman was a pleasant surprise as well. I mean, yeah, to be to, to come off the street and play as well as he did, and he looked today, fast. 
He really did. He really looked good. Yeah. He really looked good. All right. So we are, the Niners uh, are staying out that way. They'll they'll be in West Virginia for, and they're not coming back to, uh, to the West coast. And they go to Atlanta on Sunday. It is a morning game. And so that means we will be back actually in the afternoon. Um, but the one thing that I was thinking, the, the one thing that scares me, let's say about Atlanta, Marcus Mariota is the running QB that we can sometimes have problems with. We saw Justin Fields, who has the worst completion percentage of any starting quarterback in the league. And yet he was still able to make plays with his feet enough. So to, to beat the 49ers in, in the first week. And then historically we've had trouble with Russ. We've had trouble with Kyler. Mariota isn't, I, I wouldn't consider him at, at their level or at their best level, but you know, he like today, he, he, they kept it close with, with Tampa. I know they scored some late touchdowns to, uh, to, to make it close. They were actually down 21-0 at one point, and then they scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. But Mariota, seven carries, 61 yards. Throwing the ball is, is you're fine with it, right? You're fine with him throwing the football, and that's where you want to keep him, and you don't want him to to run around. And then, it you know, the, the other thing I worry about is we, we love to, to hit the quarterback a little bit after that slide, and then we get the 15 tacked on. Like, that's the stuff that scares me. That's but, Greenlaw right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, over, the aggressiveness. Like, they're just an aggressive team. But, yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. He had, another, he had another penalty today where McCaffrey's kind of, like, doing the thing where he's like, ah, oh, you know, was I really tackled? And, he, and then Greenlaw's just, like, <laughs> he's, like, holding him. I'm like, of mm-hmm. course. Of course it's Greenlaw holding him. I was really impressed with Mariota. He's got he's got some juice. He you know he for someone who was injured and a backup for such a long time. I mean, throwing the ball kind of is what it is. But when yeah. he when he sprints out, I mean, you have to you got to honor it. I mean, he's you know he's an athlete. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Like because like you say, that has been something that has. Um, given us trouble in the past. They are without uh, Corderell Patterson, who was, you know, he's not their Debo, but he's kind of like a a Swiss army knife for them. Mm -hmm. He is, he is out. He's hurt. Uh, And the reason I don't know this is because he was on my fantasy team. Mm -hmm. So I was very sad about that. Um, And so uh, Tyler Algier is, uh, he had 13 carries today. Caleb Huntley had eight Avery Williams had three, including one of the touchdowns. It's really about keeping Mariota in the pocket, stopping the run, because they have a list of guys who caught the football today, who I think you, 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 you watch um, NBA, uh, the TNT NBA show inside the NBA, mm-hmm. where they do the thing with Chuck, where they basically ask <laughs> Chuck if he knows which team this player is on Mm -hmm. and Chuck like misses like all of them. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's the Atlanta Falcons receiving core, like just a bunch of names where you're like, you have to be a really big time college football fan to, to even recognize some of these names. So that's kind of where I I'm leaning is they should take care of business. The one caveat is staying um, disciplined on defense and, and not trying to hit home run when the home run is not there because 
you know, the, the, the bears game is kind of in the back of my mind, but without the, without the crazy rain and stuff, you know, the, the, the 49ers offense will, will probably be much better than, than in that game at least. So, well, that, that I think that is going to be the litmus test for us weekly is if we don't shoot ourselves in the foot with penalties and turnovers, you know, we should be okay in just about every game. We can't, you know, like you say, the the Chicago game being the blueprint of how it can all go wrong for us. You, yeah. We just we can't have we can't have that happen. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um. All right. So we are five weeks through this. Niners are three and two right now atop the uh the NFC West. And I think every team other than the Niners, NFC West lost today. They did. Which is uh which is a good thing. A good thing for us. What that, Seattle's been frisky ever since we played them, by the way. They're just wow. running and gunning, man. Gino, Gino Smith. Is, he wow. is on fire. He is really playing well. Um yeah. I see he, he had like a 70 yard touchdown pass to Lockett today. He he's out there. He is just out there balling. Yeah, they have given up the most points in the NFL through yeah. five five games so far. But man, they're scoring the football too. So Rashad Penny was looking good, but then I saw he got dinged up today. And uh, I don't know, man. Kyler was rocking that that green suit today before the game started, and I thought I thought that meant he was going to come strong. But they did not win that game. Philadelphia uh. stays undefeated. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, it was, it was 20 to 17 though. They came back and they, they tied it late. So the, the, you know, they, they, they played close, but man, when you wear that green suit, I feel like you got to win that game yeah. or else. So, yeah, uh, all right. So you and I will be back next week, uh, after the, the Atlanta game, hopefully in, in good spirits like today, where the only negativity we're really doing is nitpicking. Uh, I like those moments. Uh, and then tomorrow on Monday, if you're a Giants fan on the same channel, uh, Brad Evans and myself will be back to kind of summarize the entire baseball season for the Giants. And the wild card has already started. Today's the last day of the wild card. And then the, the, the division series is start next week. So we'll be talking about all that stuff. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I will be out all of next week until Rod and I come back because I'll be in New York with uh, my wife's family stuff. But so no death lineup this week, but uh, otherwise we'll, we'll be right back. And I'm about to go watch some Warriors right now. They play the Lakers right now on television. So Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So uh, for Rod, I am Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace out, you guys. This is BJ Kissel from KC Sports Network. In case you didn't know, the show you are listening to right now, as well as our shows, are a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. It's something we've actually done locally with our network in Kansas City as well. We're all stronger together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised more than $10 million to expand their team, podcast network, and business operations. Now, they are raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be a part of a growing startup. 
you can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which will in turn help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be a part of the BlueWire investment round or want to find out more information, go to WeFunder.com slash BlueWire. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.